Strange Animals Podcast. Welcome to Strange Animals Podcast. I'm your host, Kate Shaw. This week, we're going to revisit an animal we talked about way back in episode 172, the Timnospondyl. That's because a new species of Timnospondyl has been named that lived about 250 million years ago. And some other new information has been published about Timnospondyls in general. In case you haven't listened to episode 172 in a while, like me, let's brush up on some history. The Timnospondyls arose about 330 million years ago, during the Carboniferous period. Ocean levels were high, the continents were coming together slowly to form the supercontinent Pangaea, and much of the land was flooded with warm, shallow water that created enormous swampy areas full of plants. Naturally, a whole lot of animals evolved to live in the swamps, and the Timnospondyls were especially successful. Timnospondyls were semi-aquatic animals that probably looked a lot like really big, really weird salamanders. This was before modern amphibians evolved, and scientists still aren't sure if the Timnospondyls are the direct ancestors of modern amphibians or just cousins that died out with no living descendants. Timnospondyls do share many traits with modern amphibians, but they still had a lot in common with their fish ancestors. Most Timnospondyls had large heads that were broad and flattened in shape, often with a skull that was roughly triangular. Some had smooth skin, but many had scales, including some species with scales that grew into armor-like plates. The earliest species had relatively small, weak legs and probably spent most of their time in the water, but it wasn't long before species with stronger legs developed that probably lived mostly on land. Many Timnospondyls were small, but some grew really big. The biggest found so far is Prianosuchus, which is only known from fragmentary specimens discovered in Brazil and South America. It had an elongated snout something like a gavial's, which is a type of crocodilian that mostly eats fish, and a similar body shape. That's why its name ends in the word suchus, which refers to a crocodile or an animal that resembles a crocodilian. Inside, though, Prianosuchus probably had more in common with its fish ancestors than with modern crocodiles, and of course, it wasn't a reptile at all. It was an amphibian, possibly the largest one that's ever lived. The biggest specimen found so far had a skull that measured just over 5 feet long, or 1.6 meters. That was just a skull. The whole animal, tail and all, might have measured as much as 30 feet long, or about 9 meters, although most paleontologists think it was probably more like 18 feet long, or 5.5 meters. That's still incredibly big, as large as the average saltwater crocodile that lives today. The resemblance of many Timnospondyls to crocodilians is due to convergent evolution, since researchers think a lot of Timnospondyls filled the same ecological niche as modern crocodiles. If you're an ambush predator who spends a lot of time hiding in shallow water, waiting for prey to get close enough, the best shape to have is a long body, short legs, a long tail that's flattened side to side to help you swim, and a big mouth for grabbing, preferably with a lot of teeth. 
A study published in March of 2023 examined some trace fossils found in South Africa that scientists think were made about 255 million years ago by a Timnus bondel. The fossils were found in what had once been a tidal flat or lagoon along the shore of the ancient Karoo Sea. You didn't need to know it was called the Karoo Sea, but I wanted to say it because it sounds like something from a fantasy novel. Truly, we live in a wonderful world. Anyway, there aren't very many footprints, but there are swirly marks made by a long tail and body impressions where the animal settled onto the floor to rest. From those trace fossils, scientists can learn a lot about how the animal lived and moved. The swirly tail marks show that it used its tail to swim, not its legs. Since there are hardly any footprints, it probably kept its legs folded back against its body while it was swimming. When it stopped to rest, it may have been watching for potential prey approaching from above, since its eyes were situated on the top of its head to allow it to see upward easily. All these traits are also seen in crocodiles, even though Timnospondyls aren't related to crocodilians at all. Other big Timnospondyls that filled the same ecological niche as crocodiles were species in the family Benthosuchidae. Some grew over eight feet long, or two and a half meters. That may not seem very big compared to a dinosaur or a whale, but this is your reminder that it was an early amphibian, and that amphibians are usually little guys, like frogs and newts. The newly discovered fossil I mentioned at the beginning of this episode has been identified as a member of the family Benthosuchidae. It's been named Quadisuchus rosei, and was discovered in Brazil in 2022. That's a big deal, because while Timnospondyl fossils have been found throughout the world, until Quadisuchus, Benthosuchids have only been found in Eastern Europe. It was five feet long, or one and a half meters, and it was probably an ambush predator that mostly ate fish. Quadisuchus lived only a few million years after the end Permian extinction event, also called the Great Dying, which we talked about in episode 227. That extinction event wiped out entire orders of animals and plants. Timnospondyls in general survived the Great Dying, and hung on for another 100 million years afterwards. The last Timnospondyl that lived, as far as the fossil record shows, was Kulasuchus. It lived in what is now Australia and went extinct about 120 million years ago. This is a lot more recent than most Timnospondyls, so much so that when it was first discovered, scientists at first didn't think it could be a Timnospondyl. It was only described in 1997, although it was first discovered in 1978. Not only was Kulasuchus the most recently living Timnospondyl, it was also big and heavy and very weird looking. It was about 10 feet long, or about 3 meters, and might have weighed as much as 1,100 pounds, or 500 kilograms. It lived in fast-moving streams and filled the same ecological niche as crocodiles, which eventually replaced it after it went extinct. Like its relations, Kulasuchus had a roughly crocodile-shaped body with short legs and a fairly long tail, but its head was almost as big as its body. Most Timnospondyls had big heads, and Kulasuchus's was broad and rounded with a blunt nose. It also had what are called tabular horns, that projected from the rear of the skull, 
which gave its head a triangular appearance. Its body was relatively slender compared to the chunky head, which made it look kind of like a really, really big tadpole, also referred to as polywogs. Remember, as an amphibian, Kulasukas would have laid eggs that hatched into a larval form the same way frogs do today. We have a lot of larval Timnospondyl fossils, and even some fossilized eggs that paleontologists think were laid by a Timnospondyl, which were attached to water plants the same way many species of frog do today. Larval Timnospondyls did look a lot like tadpoles. In other words, Kulasukas looked like a tadpole in shape, but its larval form was also probably tadpole-like. Extra, extra tadpole-shaped. You can find Strange Animals Podcast at strangeanimalspodcast.blueberry.net. That's blueberry without any E's. If you have questions, comments, or suggestions for future episodes, email us at strangeanimalspodcast at gmail.com. We also have a Patreon at patreon.com slash strangeanimalspodcast if you'd like to support us for as little as $1 a month and get monthly bonus episodes. Thanks for listening. I wouldn't ordinarily do this because then everyone would want me to do it, but a quick shout out to Cold-Blooded Lord, who left a nice five-star review and asked that I give a shout out if I read the review. I thought Cold-Blooded Lord was a funny handle, so thanks for the review and I'm glad you like the podcast. You also uh, left a suggestion. I don't know if it'll work. Um, the suggestion was for Minecraft animals and how they might have been inspired by real animals. I do occasionally get uh, suggestions of that sort, especially with Pokemon. And that is on the list. I'll put the Minecraft one on the list too. I don't know if I'll ever get to those, but I might because I've had enough people ask now that maybe I should just do it. Anyway, thank you. We even have a lot of larvae. We even have a, we have a lot of larval, we have a lot of, uh, why can't I say this? I'm almost done.